Hey there, welcome to the Reading Project Podcast, where I help you build stronger readers one episode at a time. I'm Ashley, and your reading tutor. My experience as an online tutor, classroom teacher, and the mother of a reluctant reader has allowed me to bring a fun and effective approach to building stronger and more confident readers. I created the Reading Project after working with dozens of families in my business that needed support in helping their readers at home. I want parents and caregivers to know that you don't have to be a teacher to help your struggling reader. I'm here to help with book suggestions, homework tips and tricks, tools and ideas for tackling reading, writing, and spelling work at home. I am on a mission to help you develop a culture of literacy and a love of stories with your children. Let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Reading Project podcast. I'm super excited to be here today with special guest Jamie Lofi. She is an executive function coach and reading specialist, as well as an online tutor. Jamie is a colleague and collaborator with my business, Your Reading Tutor. Today, she's going to talk about executive function, skill development, and red flags that families can look for at home. Thank you so much, Jamie, for being here with us today. I'm really excited for you to share with my listeners. Why don't you start by telling us a little about your educational background and your experience? Hi, everyone. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. I really appreciate it and am so excited about the conversation. Um, Okay, my background is I am a, I went to the University of Vermont and got my um, degree in education as an elementary educator and uh, then went on and got my master's in education at the uni- from the University of Minnesota. And while I was doing the master's program, I also became a certified reading specialist. Um, I realized that when I, as I was going through school, that what I really loved, I mean, I've, I've always been a big reader. Um, and that is just such a, a special part of my life. And I knew that I really enjoyed, um, that I wanted to be able to share that. A, and that I also as I was working with kids, realized that I really, really loved working in small groups or one-on-one. And so I decided to get my reading teacher special, become a reading specialist because I really, I wanted to have those one-on-one small group opportunities um, and to share my love of reading. So I did that. And then I moved about the country a little bit here and there. And I've taught reading in Colorado and Minnesota and New Jersey. And then I came back to Vermont when it was um, time to, uh, you know, start a family. And I got to teach. I've been teaching reading in Vermont for a number of years, um, both in public schools and as a private uh, reading tutor. Okay. Um, yeah, and so most of my work experience has either been about um, teaching reading uh, or um, working with kids in some capacity. Uh, a number of years ago, I became really, and this coincided with my children becoming, growing up a little bit. I now have a, a 13-year-old and a um, 11-year-old, and as they started getting older and older, I really became interested in how executive function skills develop in our kids. Um, And so I took that, watching them grow and that interest and really been focusing a lot of my professional development 
and parenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> on, on figuring that aspect out. And so I've spent the last few years taking classes and really um, trying to learn more about how our kids pick up those skills. And when they don't pick them up, how can we help them? Right, right. That's awesome. And I, and totally makes sense. I feel like as a teacher and a mom or a teacher and a parent, you're always, I feel like most teachers are always connecting like what they're doing, uh, you know, professionally with raising their kids. And I know with my daughter, Celia, who's five, watching her start to take on, uh, you know, information around letters and letter sounds and starting to just want to have interest in like learning to read and what does this say and I don't know how to read yet and all those things it's been really neat to watch that progression and then have my other son Michael who used to be there and was a reluctant reader and is now reading a book a day you know it's like a totally mm -hmm. it's really fun to watch it really is it's so cool to see um kids crack the code you know and figure it out and then like when that doesn't happen it's like okay well what are you know because for some kids they just get it they just innately know i mean it just happens and it unfolds in such a natural progression for them and then for those that where it doesn't it's sort of like well what what do we do how can we help them um and you know the there's this expectation that you just sort of that they'll figure it out just the same with executive function where um and and what if they don't and so right. what, do you, what how do we help yeah. our Okay, so if uh, someone is listening now and they have kids of their own at home and they're wondering, okay, well, you know, what does it look like if my child is struggling with executive function skills? Right. Well, so um, it really depends on on the child's age, right? And and what our expect there are expectations for where kids are developmentally at each stage, right? And mm -hmm. so you know, what are our expectations for um, the, for executive function skills really depends on a, a child's age. And so there are all sorts of executive function skills. There's response inhibition, there's working memory, emotional control, um, flexibility, uh, task initiation, um, planning and prioritizing, organization, mm -hmm. time management. So in all of those different areas, we have to really think about where where our kids are at, what's their age, what level of development are they at, and really identify what are appropriate expectations for them at that time. Okay, so do you think you could give us an example of maybe an early executive function uh, delay or, or something like that you might sure. see in younger, you know, like K, one, two yep. age kids? So response inhibition is a good one. Um, so for a young child, it's that they can they can wait for a little while before being disruptive, right? Mm -hmm. Or before busting in on and and you know um, outbursts out, and, and outbursts, you know right. like self control, some of yes, this impulsivity exactly. type things. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, another example would be in their working memory. How many different directions can they hold in their memory? Um, at any one time. So a young child can hold maybe one or two step directions, right? Mm -hmm. But our expectations for a middle schooler would be that they can hold multiple directions and multiple multiple step directions in their mind. Sure, sure. So if you're if you're at home and you're getting ready to leave for the school day and you, let's say you have a fifth grader or something and you say, 
okay, I need you to get your backpack and grab your lunchbox, put on your coat, meet me at the car. Like that's a lot of directions. Yep. So would your average fifth grader be able to handle that many? Or is that, and if they can't, is that something that we should be like, wait a second, they might need some support here. Right, right. Well, and that's, and so, right. And part of it is, have we built the scaffolding around them to teach them those skills, Mm -hmm. right? Have you been setting up the expectation over time that these are the things that you need for the school day? So do they have those, those concepts set in their mind that they need to get their snow pants and they need to have their boots and their lunch has to be in their backpack? You know, what have we done to sort of set them up for, to, to be able to remember those steps? Um, and so, you know, lots of parents will start the day with their elementary school students having sort of a checklist, mm-hmm. right? And then gradually they don't need that checklist at, anymore. And you can take away that scaffolding that we've set up. Mm-hmm. So there's different things, you know, you can't just sort of say to a student, get your stuff and right. expect that they know what that means. Right. right? Okay. We as adults have had so like a, a lifetime to sort of develop these skills and to really think about like, oh, well, I might go outside today and it's going to be 15 degrees. And so I probably need to remember my, you know, like we've got those skills because we've had those experiences over time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And so what about for say late middle school, early high school age student, maybe parents are seeing, they're just really struggling with organization, maybe around remote learning. There's the Google classroom and there's these, where do I submit a project? And there's all these different steps. Yeah. Yeah. Emails coming in. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is an enormous struggle right now. Um, for high school students, especially, um, and college students really, because not only are they, everything's remote and they, but a lot of their teachers are setting things up in different ways and on different platforms. So mm-hmm. say for you know their history class, they're using Google Docs and they're using a whole series of platforms. But then, so they do that for the social studies class, but then they go to French and they've got a, a teacher who's using a completely different set of platforms. And so, they've got to remember where their, where their work is, is, where to find it, what they need to do, how to turn it in. I mean, there's so many different, um, I think that that, that was actually a really um, big issue and, and struggle for a lot of students at the beginning of this pandemic because this online learning shift was new and teachers were trying to figure out what platforms to use. And a lot of them were choosing different sources and different platforms. Right. Absolutely. And I think that even your neurotypical child, your just typically mm-hmm. developing child needs instruction and help on these skills. We can't assume that our children will know how to sort email as it comes in. They will, that they will know how to, um, do all the steps. I mean, I, as an adult who, you know, planning a podcast, right. I have a huge checklist of all the things I have to remember to do. And that comes from a lifetime, like you said, of, of learning how to complete big projects and learning what's going to work for me. And there are a lot of different tools out there to help kids be organized, but I think we, we can't assume that they're going to just know what to do. So even your neurotypical kid is going to need some support with developing these executive functioning skills, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so now we know that we know that every kid probably is going to need help developing these skills. How do we know when it's a problem? Okay. So, I mean, really it depends on what our, our expectations are for each age group. 
so if a child is struggling to initiate tasks, if they're having trouble holding directions in their mind, or they can't control their impulses or emotion, emotional responses, right? Their rooms are a mess and everything is disorganized. You know, they've got a backpack full of like crumbled papers. As long as what we're, the expectations that we are appropriate for their age, if they're not responding in ways that are, or if they're struggling with their responses, mm-hmm. then that's, then that's, a, those are red flags, right? You right. know? So I think what I'm hearing you saying is there's these different levels for different age groups. Mm -hmm. And if we have, we understand what is normal for that age group. So let's say we're working with a fifth grader. We understand what's acceptable for that age. We put some things in place to help them learn these skills and they're still not learning them. They're still struggling. They're not um, taking to these scaffolds we've put in place. Then maybe you might need some help. From an ounce, from an expert. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. So would you have any advice for parents who are listening right now? What would be some things they could do to develop strong executive functioning? I keep saying executive function skills with their kids. Well, um, I think that it's really important for parents to look at themselves first Mm. um, and to understand how their parenting style and their own understanding of themselves as in terms of their executive skills um, uh, plays into how they interact with their child, right? If a parent's uh, strengths, executive function strengths, they really are are different than their child's, then that can cause some friction, right? Mm -hmm. So so it's really important that we, we look at ourselves like I am highly organized, right? And so I would expect in my mind, I might expect my kid to be highly organized. And when they don't, I don't understand how could they possibly have their stuff all over the place? How could they not understand that things have a place, right? Right. And so it's really important to sort of know your own strengths and your own challenges, but don't expect the exact same thing from your kids, Mm -hmm. right? They've got their own strengths and their own challenges. And so it's really important not to let your, your own abilities of determine what you think your your child should be capable of. Yeah, that is so true on so many levels. <laughs> and in a lot of areas, I know that happened to me when with my firstborn, I assumed he would be, you know, an easy reader and so yeah. because I love reading. And, you know, and then when he wasn't, uh, it was like a little bit upsetting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to really step back and look at who he was and where his strengths were. And then I had to sort of let go of what I thought it was going to look like and start learning how to reach him as a reader. Yes. And um, it took, it was a journey. It took some time and did, definitely didn't happen overnight. And I imagine with executive function skills, the the change maybe takes time too, Absolutely. right? Yeah, it does. It takes time. And we have to remember that these skills need to be taught. We need to like get you know, build up to and and build, put scaffolding in place for kids to learn them. They're just, you can't just expect them to be there. Time management, we cannot just expect our kids to be able to manage their time, to know when it's time to turn off a screen, to know when it's time to, you know, that they've got these four tasks that need to be done before they're, you know, they have to leave for the soccer game. Like we need to help them and build in some support for them and then gradually release the support as they 
achieve success, right? So we need to give them just enough support so that they can achieve and um, success on their own, like on their own and feel good about that. Mm-hmm. And then gradually pull that support back as they become more and more capable. Right. Um, and I feel like that's true with so many things yeah. in parenting. And I think it's great that we're talking about executive function more now so that more families understand that this is part of parenting. Like this is just, just as you're teaching your child to dress themselves and take care of their hygiene. Like you also are going to teach them, you know, how to, how to work through a checklist, how to manage their time and plan for a big project. So, you know, I think that's really great that we're talking about it more now. Yeah. I think one of the things that's really hard when you're seeing these um, challenges in your own child and and that you can get caught into these these sort of um you know tense conversations and tense moments and and situations with your kids because they think you're just nagging right right <laughs> they sense the parents judgment they sense the nag they really and and that can create a dynamic an unhealthy dynamic in the parent child relationship the wonderful thing about having a coach is that the parents don't have to nag that becomes my job, right? right? But I do it in a way where it's not nagging, it's partnering with the, the student. Mm-hmm. And so I partner with them so that I can help them to develop their executive function skills. And I do it from a place without judgment. Right. And so, but it's, it, when it becomes a parent and child together, it can really cause friction. Um, and the last thing you want to do is have that sort of be detrimental to your relationship with your kid. So hiring a coach really helps to preserve that parent-child relationship. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great segue into talking a little bit more about what executive function coaching looks like. So I know it depends, like you've already said, it depends on the age, but I would love it if you would share a little bit maybe just two examples of what it might look like at a lower grade level, maybe like upper elementary, middle, and then or maybe like then high school level. Yep. So, you know, what would a session look like? So um, for, first of all, with any student that I'm working with, it's about setting goals. Um, and it's really, whether that is, you know, long, long-term goals so that it's, you know, say a child wants to do well in a particular class. Well, and, and so you have to sort of, then set up sub goals to help them get to that point. But really like the whole objective of the or I guess the key component really of, of coaching is setting up a, goals for students and then giving them the skills and strategies to help get them to, to those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so really with any age, it's about talking to that child, what are your goals? What do you want? And for some younger ones that can be a, a little broad but you can make it, you can bring it down. Well, you know, I really, really want to make that soccer team. Uh Okay, great. What do you think you need to do in order to make that soccer team? And then break it down um, and give them the under, help provide them with the understanding so that they know what they need to do. Well, I can't really, you know, I need to, in order to go to soccer practice, I have to finish my homework. Okay, well then let's talk about that. What do you need to do? Like, let's look through your homework and Mm -hmm. let's look through, you know, deadlines and, and really talk about even like, just break it down so small. So how long do you think that reading will take? And then do you have to do a response to the reading? Let's really break it down and think about how long that's going to take. Do you have time to do that before, you know, it's time to leave for soccer practice? Mm -hmm. 
if you, you know, so it's really about breaking it down into, into components. Um, for the older students, it's, we can use their schoolwork as a jumping off place. So I work with a lot of college students and it's really looking at their syllabi and figuring out okay, you know, due dates and what are the, breaking down the assignments into pieces and um, figuring out, okay, you've got to do this reading. Well, as you're doing this reading, let's remember that you've got a paper that you need to write at the end of it. So what are the questions that you're gonna be asking yourself as you're doing the reading? Mm -hmm. So this so really sort of help them plan and figure out um, how to prioritize their work, how to organize their work, how to give them the strategies so that they're working uh, in ways that will ultimately lead them to successfully achieve their goals. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And I think I can see how the, the idea of working around a goal is the same for a younger student versus mm -hmm. an older student. The goal might be different, but you're using that idea to sort of focus your coaching, you know, yes, what, what are we, what, what's the main thing we're working on and then breaking it down into smaller steps. Mm -hmm. When you're working with an older student on time management, mm -hmm. do you have any specific tools or resources that you use to help them learn how to manage time? Yes, there's, so there's one thing that comes to mind is that there is, I, I really am a strong proponent of planners, mm -hmm. of having students write down their, what the work that they need to do, what, when the due dates are so that they can visualize it. They have both the tactile experience of writing things down and committing it into their, which helps to commit it into their memory. Mm -hmm. And also having something, a resource to keep checking in on. And then especially that, that check mark at the end of it, like crossed it off the to-do list. But mm -hmm. there, there are different ways of, of really sort of looking at the tasks and breaking down how much time. I think a lot of times students really either underestimate how long they think things will take. Mm -hmm. So trying to be, to bring in realistic expectations for time, mm -hmm. how long success will take. And then, you know, a lot of students also struggle with staying on task. Mm -hmm. And so I have different, different strategies for help with that, like the Pomodoro method, which is being able to work for 25 minutes and take a five minute break, work for another 25 minutes and take a five minute break so that they have, they can try and sustain their attention for specific periods of time. So okay. there's all sorts of really cool apps and things that can help with that too. Yeah. Okay. So if someone is listening and they're wondering, okay, I think this might be my kid, maybe they need some help with it. Do you have any resources or book suggestions for families that want to learn more about executive function? Sure. I mean, I, from the parent perspective, there's a great book um, called Smart and Scattered Teens by um, Richard Gere and Peggy Dawson. They've have been working in the around executive function for decades and have a bunch of really wonderful books. But the Smart and Scattered Teens is a good one for I'd say tweens through high school. And it's it really helps give parents a great perspective on ways to engage with their kids around executive function and help demystifies it a little bit. And so how to resolve conflicts together, how to help your kids get organized, how to help them with follow through. It helps give some ideas about how to build up support and then release that support as the kids achieve success. Okay, so that sounds good. great. Yeah. yeah. How about how long does the typical student work with you um, 
on executive function coaching? Well, it really depends on the student. There are some, I have some college students who I'm seeing all the way through college. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is that it's just a weekly session to sort of make sure that they're on top of it. It's like a check-in, like what, and, and it, it holds them a, a, to a certain level of accountability, right? Sure. Um, and then therefore the parents don't have to play that role, right? right? And the parents don't want to play that role at that age. Parents don't want to be involved and they shouldn't be. Right. So it gives them sort of parents peace of mind mm -hmm. that there is someone who is aware of what their kids are up to. And it also helps with the kids because, or with the students, the college students, because it really holds them accountable. I do work with high school students as well and help them to sort of make that transition to through uh, junior year and senior year. And then as they go off to college, because really it's those transitions where too, where, um, you know, you've got all these skills that you've learned, make sure you take them with you. <laughs> yes, for sure. And when you're transitioning from high school into a college setting, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of things at play that you have to keep organized with applications and, you know, just setting up your space and having your, your, I don't even know. I feel like it's been an eternity since I was in school, but you know, I like with food plans and, and you're, you know, making sure you have enough money to cover whatever your needs are for your books or, you know, there's just a lot of things. And I think it's, parents expect their college age students to be in charge of all of that and be able to handle all of those schedules. And some kids still just need support. Absolutely. One of the, I think the biggest challenges for kids moving from high school to college is that when they were in high school, all of their time was really dictated and they, they knew whether they had a full school day and then they had sports or then they had actor or a job after school or whatever it is. And as soon as they get to college, all of a sudden outside of classes, maybe one, two classes a day, they've got enormous amounts of free time, which can be a really challenging because they feel like, oh, I can do this later on, right? I can do this work some other time. I've got all this time. And they end up putting tasks off until all of a sudden everything is, you know, the weight Dude. of it all and right. at once. And so I think that transition and almost having all of this extra time is actually a huge challenge for a lot of students. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. I imagine that just being able to, like to make the leap from that knowing that your whole day is scheduled to then going to having just a few classes and having to you know your your time outside of class isn't exactly free time right i mean it is some right. free time but you're supposed to be reading and studying and and working on stuff during that time so and all of a sudden you've got to remember to go get breakfast and lunch and dinner right <laughs> you've got like all these new social interactions and independence and right so right Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has all been really great. Is there anything else that you just really want to share or think that families should know about executive function skills? Um, I just really encourage parents to look at themselves and who they are and, mm -hmm. and remind themselves that their student and their child is not themselves, right? Yes, so that's really have, good advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't have the same, you know, don't expect your, your child to function the same way that you do. Right. And be willing to try different things too. I mean, I know, I think of in business, there's different ways to organize, you know, there's Trello, there's Asana, there's all these different tools. And I had to try a bunch of them before I decided which one was going to really work for me and my life and my business. And I think it's the same with kids learning how to organize and manage their time. Some kids are going to respond 
better to different tools or different techniques that we use, right? So we have to be willing to try different things. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much. I always ask every guest, what is your favorite children's book? Oh, what a great question. Um, I have so many. And, um, you know, I think I have my own from when I was a kid, but I also have the ones from my kids reading them. And that's got to be like anything by Peggy Rathman, 10 minutes to bedtime. And then there's a beautiful book called Racer Dogs um, by Bob Kolar. And it's just written in prose. And it is so much fun to read with kids because it is just this great story and the kids start anticipating and it becomes sort of a great re um, repeated reading sort of situation. Oh, so yeah, I've never heard of that. I'm going to check that one out. I do know 10 minutes bedtime. We have that one. We both of my kids have loved that one. My daughter really likes it. <laughs> and she likes to look at the, the illustrations are amazing. I actually did a, a live stream last year, I think on my Facebook page about wordless books. And one of the books was 10 minutes to bedtime. So you can check that out. And Jamie actually has immediate openings right now for uh, online reading tutoring or executive function coaching. And she can be reached through my website, yourreadingtutor.com. And also she has her own website, jamielofi.com. So she's considered a, a teammate on the Your Reading Tutor team. And if you're looking, if you have a middle school student, high school, college that needs some executive function skills coaching, that's a mouthful. <laughs> um, she is the girl for the job. So thank you so much for being here today today, Jamie. And I think our, our listeners are going to get a lot out of this interview today. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. And if you know anyone who might be interested in joining us and listening in on my podcast, I would love for you to share it. And I'd also love to connect with you on social. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. All my links are in the show notes. Make sure you head over to my website at www.yourreadingtutor.com to sign up for my newsletter so you'll be notified when new episodes come out and any new promotions or services that I'm offering. You can also find my free signature three-step reading reward system on my website. You'll be able to download it and just get started right away, helping your struggling reader to reach their potential. Keep reading. See you next time.